Darcy, and we've already done our testing, or as Kirk says, testes, testes. So we're good to go. It's Wednesday night. It's podcast night. We've got a returning alumni. We love them. Drew Miner's here. Hi. Uh, Kirk is here. Um, we got a really interesting episode tonight. It's concept albums. So this is going to... It's re- season two. It's season... Is it season two? It's season two, officially. It's officially season two. Man, I didn't know we had seasons. That's good. I mean, usually in Alabama you have four seasons. Almost summer, summer, still summer, and Christmas. But we're at season two. So thanks for everybody for listening. This has been a, a great ride so far. And we're doing concept albums. This will be a, a fun podcast. And it'll, be, it'll turn into a, a really neat playlist for everybody to listen to. Uh, so the whole thing tonight is we're going to introduce our concept album, our top five, and our honorable mentions, and we're also going to explain what is the concept behind our uh, selection of the concept album. So um, we're we're ready. We do want to thank our sponsors: Smokehouse Crackers, Busted Oak Bourbon Society, Anchor, and our unofficial sponsor. Redmont Vodka, who has actually been sharing our Facebook posts. So that's a good start. What do you think, Perch? Did I miss anything? No, that's, you got it. Man, that's like right. a first. I got all this shit. So y'all make sure I stay on track, and we're going to get ready to rumble. Percy, what are your honorable <laughs> mentions on concept albums? Before we start, though, definition of a concept album. The definition of concept album is basically a, a theme. Mm-hmm. It's centered around an album centered around a theme. Yeah, with a string of songs that go with the theme. So there's a lot of bands that were famous for doing multiple concept albums, and some that you would never thought would do a concept album. So um, wanted to get Drew back. He did so well with us, and he is our graphic designer. Does a great job. If you need a Super cool graphic designer. Contact me. I'll put you in truck in touch with Drew. So um, I'm excited. I've been excited for this one. So let's kick it off. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right, Michael. What are your? I can't. Buck Owens did not make a concept album. Just for the record. So unless there's something I don't know, but go <laughs> go ahead. What are your honorable mentions? First off, I want to the first noted concept album was Woody Guthrie in 1944-40 that was Dust Bowl Ballads. That's not on my list, but I just wanted to put that out there. You just had to put it out there. That was the first noted one. Yeah. And my honorable mentions are I won't say Buck Owens just to piss you off, but... It can't be. You're not going to get a date (laughs) listening to Buck Owens. It's not. My first one is from 1959, though. And it's an album that was given to me by your mother... The first time I went over to your house for Christmas, because she wanted me to have something to open, and it's Marty Robbins' Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Man, taking it way back. That is from that's back old from nineteen fifty nine. Okay, and that's kind of evident from the title what it's about. Absolutely, I mean that's. I mean I can't argue with that. Yeah, you can gather the concept from that. My second one was released last year and it's Sturgill Simpson, The Ballad of Dude in Juanita. Mm. 
It's a good one. Oh, yeah. Sturgill was good at concept albums. And it was basically him paying homage to Red-Headed Stranger by Willie. Okay. That's basically what that was. And Willie was actually on the album. And it was about uh, a man on the Kentucky frontier. And he he could shoot really well. And it's basically a Western story. His wife ended up getting kidnapped. His dog dies. I mean, it's just a great story through the whole album. Awesome. My last one. Deep selections. I mean, deep cuts from Percy Percy right here. My last one is by the Drive-By Truckers, and it's a Southern rock opera. That is a fantastic selection, by the way. And the Drive-By Truckers. I'm proud of him for this one. Were co-founded by Patterson Hood, Mm -hmm. which is the son of Swamper David Hood. Okay. I didn't realize that. Do you know that, Drew? No. I didn't no. Know that. Mm-hmm. And basically it's about Skinner and the South in general. The whole okay. album is oh, yeah. revolved around it. Yep. I mean, there's a song called Angels and Fuselage. Wow. Well, I love the truckers. Jason Isbell is part of the truckers. So. Sure. And I have to say that I just recently have discovered this album. Okay. I will admit that, but that's my last honorable mention. Good deal. Well, Drew, I'm real interested to see what what, uh, your young brain, very smart, talented brain has to offer. Well, thank you, Mike. Well, so for the honorable mentions, this was a real tough one for me. Um, I'm a really big fan of concept albums, and there's really too many to mention on here. This first pick may be a little controversial, um, but just on the scale and the scope of all the rest of the albums I have on this list, I don't think um, it can top these. But the first one's going to be The Wall by Pink Floyd. And I'm so glad it made it. Me too. I wish it was higher up on the list, but with all the choices I had, I'll keep it in honorable mentions. But The Wall is a concept album by Pink Floyd released in 79. And the main themes of this album are going to be alienation and mental illness. And this is going to be highlighted... Um, through Roger Waters' lyricism on this album. Um, This could, many Pink Floyd fans or music fans in general can kind of consider this, I wouldn't say Pink Floyd's magnum opus, but I'd say it's probably Roger Waters' magnum opus. Um, Most of this album is written by him, um, and it's mostly about him, his childhood growing up. um, It's almost post-war. Yes, post-war. How the war affected World War II affected him at a young age and how that trauma kind of um, traveled with him throughout his career um, Indeed. and alienating him. And it's about him getting over that mental hump or blocking himself off but from Pink, the world. Pink Floyd had to deal with some mental illness. They did. With, with, Sid, we'll, with we'll, Sid Barrett. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they... Big definitely, time. definitely. Tragic Excellent story. choice. Glad it's on the list. It had to be. Yeah. Someone had to, to have it on there. Has to be on there. Yeah. Next one is going to be 2112 by Rush. Mm. Great album. It's absolutely great album. I Fantastic. Don't think, I'm, I'm glad it made it too. Me as well. Me yeah. as well. I, I'm glad. 2112, um, this is kind of where Rush really found their sound on 2112. Um, and kind of getting into the realm of progressive metal, progressive rock, um, more science fiction themes or more 
um, written themes. Uh, Neil Peart had a, a heavy influence on the writing of this album. He wrote most of their stuff, You're not right all of it, uh, the lyrics. He wasn't on their first album. A lot of That's people right. don't know that. That's right. But then Neil came on, and there are some drum solos in the actual song, 2112. It's out of this world. I've never know. heard anything like it. It's a machine gun going off. It's like a drum machine. Mm-hmm. Like a drum machine. But yeah, the, the theme of this album is going to be more science fiction and ob- objectivism, which is about man's heroics. This is a story about, um, it's a science fiction story about a uh, galactic federation that takes over the universe in the year 2112, and it's about one man rising up to be mm-hmm. the heroic one in there. And another cool story about that. That's it, deep. It is. And all, the cool thing about that is on Brush's uh, album cover for 2112 is the first time we see the Starman. Yeah. And that is a symbol of objectivism. It's the one man versus the evil, the red star. And it just became Rush's thing. And that's their theme that's pretty much a constant on their music, overcoming whatever's on the outside. And I I'm think that's great. I'm going to need a nap after that. That... <laughs> Not that it bored me. It's just that's a mind melter right there. Yeah, it is. I, Fantastic album. It is. My favorite Rush album, by the way. Mine will be Farewell to King. That's Farewell a good one, too. Come next. And I think yeah. that 2112... That's uh, on it. Yes, that's right. Mm. But all 2112 marks the beginning of the Rush as we know. I think so, yeah. Outstanding. Next, honorable mention number three is going to be Tommy by the Who. Had to be on there. Had to be on there again. A great movie if you hadn't seen it. Even a better album if you haven't listened to it. Um, this is one of the first, I would say, rock operas. Yeah. The Who did uh, Tommy and Quadrophenia. And Tommy, I think, it's, is, is a good selection. Oh, yeah. Tommy is before Quadrophenia. Uh, this would be 69, I mm-hmm. believe. Uh, but this is the, the themes of this album are going to be a journey of a rock star slash trauma breeds creation. That most... Um, Famous musicians or creative people, they've had to go through a lot of rough things in their life to kind of, um, that makes them produce the work that they do or sing the way they do or write the way they write. Um, and this is just from beginning to end the story of coming from nothing and being almost to put up on a pedestal like a god. Right. And then the fall of that, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a trippy movie if you hadn't seen it. Um, I've seen it many times. If, if uh, pot is legal in your state, uh, I definitely recommend watching that. Um, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Not legal here. I don't touch the stuff. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but those are going to be my three honorable mentions, um, and uh, we'll take it over to Mike. Hey, those are great honorable mentions so far, guys. This is going to be a very eclectic playlist. I can't wait to listen to it. It's going to be weird when you hit like a shuffle on this. Yeah. From when we go to a little country to a little psychedelic to whatever. Okay, so anyway, get off my high horse here. All right, my honorable mentions. My first one is by a band I'm, I'm very um, fond of. It's Radiohead, and it's Kid A. Great album. I mean, they, Tom, you know, Tom uh, York said, he didn't think it was really a concept album, but au contraire. I mean, this is about the first-born human man clone and his very mundane life from birth to death. And it's a great concept, very trippy. 
get ready for a ride when you listen to Kid A from Radiohead. So that's my first honorable mention. That's a good pick. I, I, one thing I want to add there, too, is that, you know, a lot of things with Radiohead, with their albums and stuff, each album they have sounds completely different. They go through, like, eras in their music. They do. They go through these these weird phases, and then they uh, put out a body of work. Their albums are all bodies of work. You could almost call every Radiohead album almost a concept album yeah. because it's there's something behind that whatever album that they put out that's very You're interesting. About that. Very intelligent music with Radiohead. Yes. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way, too. All right, so my next concept album is by one of my favorite bands, and I got to see them just a few years ago on their first tour in 39 years, and they sounded just like they did in the 70s, and it's the Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, yeah. And the concept album is El Dorado. Okay? It's a great album. Put that baby on and enjoy your evening. So the concept behind El, El Dorado, did y'all ever see the movie with Ben Stiller, Walter Mitty? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so it's like a, a nobody, Walter is. And it's, it's sort of like this guy who journeys into fantasy worlds via his dreams to escape like the delusionment of his meaningless life. And that's the whole concept behind the album. So it tells the story of this character. And Jeff Lynn is a genius. Yeah. I mean, talk about an engineer. Jeff the guy Lynn pretty does much not did everything. get enough credit as being a master arranger. He is a master and a, and arranger. And a producer. I mean, he yeah. was just masterful. And again, ELO, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Jeff Lynn is fantastic and you know i'd encourage anybody just put the album on play it from start to finish you'll it, it's a good time all right so you guys are gonna love this next one i hope it's a little greasy a little funky so i went with parliament there you go the mothership connection Hell yeah. little p funk and that's been funking at my house for a since we talked about this, it's been a long time. And man, I've been playing it in my car, and you you can't go wrong. It is a great album. It's a lot of fun. George Clinton and Parliament, and then P-Funk, which it became ultimately. Um, they put out some funky, weird shit. I mean, it was just <laughs> down low, man. It was great. The concept was basically, you know, they picked up some of James Brown's backing musicians to join Parliament, and they thought that was the mothership connection, and they highlighted that throughout the album, and that's what it's all about, and it is a good time. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I didn't know so, that. So, hey, Face came up with some new hey, knowledge. He did, he did. Man, I, I, might need, I might need a nap later. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right, okay. Do we need to sip anything before we get into the top five? I do. Sure, why not? All right. Drew brought some, what you call it, red breast? That's right. Sort of Irish? Yeah. It's good stuff. We took a sip of it earlier. Yes, we so have Redmont. Let's give a shout out to Redmont once again, all our sponsors, our listeners. Um, appreciate you guys. Uh, we have some special treats coming up we don't want to reveal just yet, but we will tell you what we're going to do next week at the end of the episode. So, number five. 
Persimus, what you got? Anybody that knows me knows that I love Mighty Merle. And in 1976, Merle released My Love Affair with Trains. Is this a train concept album? His daddy worked for the railroad. And Merle had an innate love affair with toy trains. And the whole album is centered around toy trains. There's even a song about a hobo. It's really not toy trains, but the railroad. And there's a song about a hobo on there. It's all about trains. Well, that's actually pretty cool. That's very cool. How's that going to sound if we hit shuffle and we got Parliament Funkadelic coming on and then Merle Haggard singing about damn trains you're just gonna get a breath you're gonna get a breath of music we're gonna be changing moods and attitudes and everything it's gonna be a lot of fun it goes back to merle's singing mama tried you know yeah i've heard that about me before you know when he sings about the first thing i remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing so i mean you know yeah, I get okay. Yeah, all right. That's tying together right there. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't catch that. That's some cool shit. Well, now you know. Yeah, Mama tried. I love you, Mama. <laughs> Drew, what's your number five? All right, uh, my number five is going to be Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. I'm glad that made it. It's one of my favorite albums. I, I love it so much. Um, I And this is a breakaway from the Beach Boys sound. Yeah. This is away from Surf and Safari. This and recorded in multiple places. That's right. And I think that it, one thing about this album, and I'll give some background about it, is that Pet Sounds was um, recorded in full by just Brian Wilson and a band of studio musicians. No other Beach Boy was there. They were doing a tour in 1966 of Tokyo at the time. Right. Brian Wilson stayed back. And um, I don't know... Um, he just started hearing these sounds in his head. If you hadn't seen the biopic, Love and Mercy, it'll tell you everything you need to know about it. Yeah, I mean, Brian Wilson lived in his bedroom for like a year. Seven. Seven? Seven years. But the studio musicians you had, Glenn Campbell was was there. Yeah, and they did pull Carl in. You had to to do God Only Knows. That's right. You had the Wrecking Crew. Yep. Wasn't that a wrestling team, too? It might have been. but it was a great studio yeah. musicians. And uh, yeah. and and they really went, Brian really went for some different sounds. Yeah. And they were in such a battle with the Beatles. That's right. That's yeah. right. A lot of people think it might be the Stones or the Beatles going at it back then, but the Stones weren't really that relevant. You know, they were still doing covers in 65. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I was born. this theme, the theme of this album, though, it's breaking away from that California sound, of the, the surfer sound, and it's more going into more serious, um, mm-hmm. emotional, um, angsty type music. And it's about the youthful optimism of, of the youth of the late 60s, but it's also about the adult cynicism of the people that are, you know, the grown-ups going through this era as well. I think it's just got a, a great breadth of music in it. Um, and, and sadly it, enough, it gave Brian a nervous breakdown. That's right. It did. Sure wow. did. And we lost some of, one of the greatest music minds of our time. But we still have Pet Sounds to listen to. If you haven't heard it, definitely. It's great. It's great album. One, start to finish. I'm glad that made the list. Me too.
I, it I'm sure been. it made the ones you've mentioned. I'm sure it made everyone's initial list, but you nailed them down to make sure they were there. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah, you're the man. This kid has got it going on. By the way, if you need graphic designs done, call me. It's good thank stuff. You. All right, my number five. Is that where we're at? <clears throat> All right, we've already mentioned Sturgill, but. My favorite Sturgill album is a concept album, and it's A Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson. Great it's album. a great album, and, I mean, Sturgill is the man. He's Pink Floyd wrapped into country music that I don't even really want to classify Sturgill as just country music. It's something you know, more. It's, it, it, he's almost like Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett has his category. Sturgill has his. The concept is basic. It's really simple. I mean, it's a concept album that's basically addressed to his newborn son and his wife. It's all about them. It's beautiful. The, the whole album. It's a beautiful album. It is. So, and this is something I failed to mention. And when I did the Battle of Dude in Juanita, he wrote and recorded that in a week. That's amazing. Damn. The guy's a genius. Couldn't be me, man. No. Yeah. What a great album. So, there we go. That's my number five. Percy, what you got for your number four? My number four is Digging Deep, and it's an album called White Mansions, A Tale from the American Civil War. It was written Maybe. by a man named Paul Kernerly, but... Several of the songs had Waylon Jennings and Jesse Coulter. There we go. And several of the songs had Eric Clapton playing on guitar. I got listen to this. Yeah, I hadn't even heard this album. And it's and this is the sad part. It's not on any streaming service. It's a, you have to listen to the songs on YouTube. Okay. It's better than nothing. Though. Better than nothing. Well, so it won't make the playlist then. No, but, it, but. I will post it. Okay. The. And, uh, I mean, it's, what can you say? It's a tale from the American Civil War. The, all the songs are wrapped around the Civil War. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't know that existed. Did you, Drew? No, I didn't know. Mm, you dropped the you. old knowledge on us, person. The old knowledge. Old knowledge, old music. That's my number four. All right. Drew, what's your number four? All right. My number four is going to be Animals by Pink Floyd. Boom. Another great album here. And this the, the theme of this album is going to be the classes or groups of society. There's only five songs on this entire album. Yeah. All very long. Only three are really long. Then you get the two at the, you got one at the beginning, it's two minutes. One at mm. the end, it's two minutes. Yeah. But it uh, breaks down the classes of people and, uh, you know, the things that makes them, you know, who they are. And the, the uh, title of the songs are Pigs. Yeah. Dogs and sheep. And I think we all know a few of them yeah. in the world. What's what? Who's who? What's what? Pigs, dogs, and sheep. I'm trying to think. Percy, I'm a dog. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. A dirty damn dog. Dirty damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a great selection. Good album. Good concept album. Big glory. All right, my number four, the band's already been mentioned, but it wasn't the album. So I'm going with the Drive-By Truckers, great band, but I'm going Dirty South. 
the All album right. Dirty South. It's a freaking great album. Love the truckers. I really didn't get into the truckers that much. Uh, Amanda sort of encouraged me to listen to them more because I love Jason Isbell. And, you know, I always thought they had like one or two good songs. Put Dirty South on. The concept is basically it examines the state of the South and all the hypocrisy and the irony and the tragedy that really is still here in a lot of ways. Yeah. But uh, the truckers sort of broke it down in, in that album. Yeah. yeah. It's a good album. You got something to say, Purse? Give me that look. No. I just want to And I've just been recently turned on to the drive-by truckers myself. Good for you, because they're fantastic. Yeah. Good Can't man. go wrong. All right. Especially we, when you've got a Muscle Shells connection with Patterson Hood. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Can't go wrong and, you with know, Muscle Shells. from Alabama. Yeah. Um, they even talk about, you know, the boys from Alabama. That's right. And Buford Pusser. <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy, this is a crazy album. So it's a good concept yeah. album. All right, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. To number three. My number three, I'm going with Jackson Brown, Running on Empty. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Jackson Brown's one of my favorite artists. I wanted to put it on here, but it sort of got... And the concept of basically life on the road. Life on the road. Life on the road. They recorded this... From concert halls to hotel rooms. And they there's a song on there called Cocaine that mm-hmm. his close buddy Glenn Fry from the Eagles helped write. Yep. And he does a, I guess it's an homage. He does the loadout and he does Stay. Yes. Which was originally recorded by Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. Yes. And if you've never listened to the original version of that, I suggest you do that. It's fantastic. It, it's a great The whole version. album is a great album. Got it. Good selection. I'm yeah. proud of you, man. Got some Jackson <laughs> Brown on this Brown. shit. All right. All Drew, right. what's your number three? Number three is going to be Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Oh, you just stole some thunder here, bro. I may have a little bias because I like Pink Floyd so much, but I think that when it comes to concept albums, they're the masters of it. Every Pink Floyd album in the 70s is a concept album. But Wish You Were Here, the theme of this is going to be the music industry's impact on bands and your psyche. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is basically about Sid Barrett. It is about Sid Barrett. And for those that don't know, Sid Barrett was the original lead singer of Pink Floyd in the late 60s. One of the founders of the Floyd. The founding member of Pink Floyd. Um, and he kind of ended up losing his mind, just like Brian Wilson in the in the late 60s. He did, and it was very sad, and he hung around uh, even after and would used to come and watch, you know, the the current Pink Floyd recording studio. That's right, and, and one of the, I'm glad you mentioned that, mm-hmm. actually, is during the recording process of Wish You Were Here, Sid Barrett actually did show up at he the did. recording studio. They, uninvited, nobody knew, nobody even recognized him in there. He was bald, he was pale, he looked sick. I mean, Horrible. bless his heart, and it was it was truly a mental illness. It was a mental illness. And so and, uh, God bless him for that. And they kind of used this theme on this album. And, and again, they had a lot of writer's block after Dark Side of the Moon. How are you going to top Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah, I don't see how you can. So, but they, they, I don't know if they topped it with this, but they inched it right it, up. It was a, it's right a close there second. with them. Some right people like this one. Some people like Dark Side of the Moon better. But um, again, this whole album's only five songs. It's mm-hmm. just getting down to brass tacks. 
Well, it's got shine on you, crazy diamond. Yeah. Sid Barrett. Yep. Wish you were here, Sid Barrett. I think have a cigars on that, have a which cigar. is basically the whole thing about the music industry. Welcome to the machine. Welcome the machine to the machine. And I didn't know if you knew this or not, and maybe some of you listeners out there may not know this either. But shine on you, crazy diamond, is Sid. It is shining on you, crazy yes. diamond. So shine they're, on. They're rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, the letters of the song too make Sid shine uh, on you. Yeah. Yeah. So the main words in there. Sid. It's great. It's a great album. I listen to it all the time. Me too. And that is actually my number three. Well, well there you go. And if you hadn't <laughs> there we listened, go. we picked the same number three. <laughs> but it's a great album. Well, damn right. And I had to. I had to pick a Floyd because I I am a Pink Floyd lover. Me I too. love Pink Floyd, and but you look at him, and I almost went with the Final Cut. That's a good album too. Because that one's crazy. I mean, it's all about post World War Two and the apocalypse and all that stuff. But I was like, man, wish you were here. So good. Mm-hmm. That concept about Sid was really me. And I challenge you to if uh, listen to Cody Jinks cover version. Of wish you were here. Oh, that's great. And you know, it, it says a lot for a modern country person. Yeah, it's good. That, that appreciates. Well, and that absolutely, and it's good. So I'm going to change my number three just for fun. Okay. And I'm going to put the final cut as okay. my number three because I teeter tottered between those two so much. So, and I can do that. So the final cut. And it's it's a post war dream basically, and that's one of the songs on it. And it's all about post World War Two and the apocalypse. And actually, um, two sons in the mirror is a back actually about you're driving and you see the sun, and in the rearview mirror you see another sun. The atom bomb just went off. Thank God. I didn't so, think about it that way. Yeah, and he's talking about how his daddy lost his life in World War Two and. You know, that King George signed a death certificate with his own rubber stamp. And it's, it's a deep album. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's underrated amongst Pink Floyd fans. I don't hear about the final cut as much. Or maybe that's just me. I, you know, maybe well, I hadn't branched out enough. But it's a great album. It's a fantastic album. But it's one that, you know, with concept albums, you know, you'll have some songs that you really need to just play that one single, whatever. Yeah. But... What you really need to do is put that sucker on or however you listen to your music. Play the whole album from start to finish. You'll get it. It's entertaining, and you'll get something out of, of, of what they're trying to put forth to us. So, All right, so mine is the final cut now. Great choice. All right. Number two for Percy. Number two for me. Is the Eagles, Desperado. All Thank right. you. Thank you. I'm it glad was, that made it. One of the biggest inspiration was a book on gunfighters that was given to Jackson Brown. And Love him. Uh, like Doolin Dalton was based off a story about Bill Doolin and Bill Dalton. The song 21 refers to Emmett Dalton being shot 23 times at a raid on Coffeeville, Kansas. You ever been to Coffeeville? No, I have not. All right, me neither. And this, this was actually intended to be. They they were going to use this as a soundtrack for a western. 
but it never came to fruition. A, a director wanted to use this as a soundtrack for a Western. Well, I, I remember the story when they turned it into uh, the producer. Was it Geffen then? I don't know if it was Geffen. It's irrelevant. But the producer was like, okay, okay. And they left the office and they went, they made a freaking cowboy album. They weren't really pleased with it. And it sort of Desperado flopped. It did. This was when they were with Glenn Johns. They were still, yeah, they were still with Glenn Johns. Yeah, and, you they know, did not like Glenn Johns who produced the Beatles because too much echo. Well, Glenn Johns was used to the damn, and Don Henley was quoted as saying, no matter how hard I hit that drum, I couldn't hit it as hard as John Bonham. As John Bonham. And finally, they broke away from that. And this was originally a dud. It did not, but it has since grown as kind of a cult classic, I guess you'd say, especially with the Eagles fans. And there's fans. some great, great songs. And then Linda did Desperado and made it a hit. And actually, I think Glenn and, and Don played on that. Well, actually, album. the original version of Desperado was an upbeat song. Okay. And then. Linda recorded her slowed down version of it, and that's the one that they sing today. Yeah. Damn, I didn't. Good know stories I'm behind you, this drops stuff. Percy the man. knowledge. Yeah, he, drops he does. The knowledge. That's good stuff. All right, we're down to number two, Persimus. That was my number two. Well, we may have had well, a little too much, folks. That was your number two? Yeah, that was his number two. I'm sorry. I like Redmond. All right, Drew, what's your number two? All right, it's going to be... Quit being what, such a smart-ass person. <laughs> it's going to be What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Damn it! It's a good... It's a great album. It's another What good did we, like, exchange dreams? I don't know. Maybe we did. That's good. I'm but glad. What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, and the, and the theme of that album is the title. What's going yeah, on? What's this going one. on? In what's America. going on in this country? But um, so Marvin Gaye, as everybody knows, is sings about love. Old Marvin Gaye's a love man. Yeah, he's always singing about love, upbeat, very happy. Um, you know, before this album, but you know, during this time period, the late '60s and early '70s, um, you know, there was a lot of civil rights stuff going on at the time. Vietnam mm -hmm. was in full effect. Uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. There was a lot of stuff going on, and I guess Marvin Gaye, um, you know, he was protesting. I wouldn't say protesting all these things, but was protesting the way that Motown was making their albums. They wanted everything yeah. to be apolitical. Yeah. So no political stuff would come into albums. Everything was happy, upbeat. You know, kind of keeps this facade up. Um, or whatever. Um, but Marvin Gaye, he didn't want to do that because all the stuff around him was negativity. There was no love amongst a lot of people at that time. This is period. correct. Um, so Barry Gordy, um, you know, definitely didn't want anything like this coming out. That's the uh, the head honcho at Hitsville, yeah. USA. Motown. And what he says is law. Yeah. But Marvin Gaye, despite this... He went against it. Went against it. Went and recorded the full album before... It, even if he would have known that they were going to release it or not. And finally, after a lot of convincing, Barry Gordy was convinced to release the album, but would not back the album, would not advertise it or anything like that, and it instantly became a classic. Massive hit. And it kind of goes against the grain of soul and R&B albums of the time. Um, most of them were singles. You know, at that time, 
you wanted a lot of singles coming out of Motown. That's what made a lot of money. That that was their thing. This is an album you put on, and it all bleeds together. It does. It sounds like one cohesive piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I think it, this, it pretty much goes from one song right into yeah, the it next. Yeah, it fades right in. Yeah. It's real nice. Um, but yeah, this it just changed the way that R and B and soul albums were written, and yeah. and the. The way albums were written as a whole, and now people could see that you could be political. It, it actually about gave the R and B community some some street cred, in yeah. my opinion. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. So that's my number two. We've mirrored again. <laughs> so what I got out of it too was Marvin Gaye had a brother, Reginald, that's that right. went to Vietnam, and when he came back from the war. He had a completely different outlook on life. And it was basically Marvin looking at that and basically the way the forces of America handled the Vietnam War through the eyes of his brother who came back a changed man and looked at things entirely different. And he was like, what's going on? That's right. So, But his, his daddy didn't shoot his brother, did he? Uh, not to my knowledge. Yes. I mean, it, that, it which may, was, not which was really sad. That, it may have punched him, but I don't know if he shot Which was him. really sad that that happened. That yeah. yeah, yeah, it was tragic. I mean, Marvin Gaye's one of the greatest musicians. You know, and the people that they talk right. about yeah. that we that we lost way too early, he seldom gets mentioned. Yeah, we lost Marvin way too early. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And went to well, it was a, such a tragic way that we lost him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people did stuff to themselves. Marvin did, but he didn't. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, Drew and I are on the same dang mind track right here. I love it. Good stuff. All right, here we go, guys. Number one. No, number one. Shout out to sponsors, listeners. So glad you guys are here, the Minor Boys. Thank you. You'll be back again. Thank I hope so. Oh yeah. All right. I know what your number one is. So I know just you go do. ahead and say it. And I, I'll die on this al- album as the greatest concept album ever made. And it's Redheaded Stranger by it's Willie Nelson. That's a good one. I mean, I have this on vinyl. And it's basically an album about a fugitive. He's a fugitive for killing his wife and her lover. And uh, he got the idea from a song called Tale of the Red-Headed Stranger that was a song he played as a DJ. I didn't know Me. Willie was a DJ. Me either. <laughs> yes, he was. And uh, actually the record exec did not want him to record this. And Waylon, being Waylon, told the record exec that he was a tone-deaf son of a bitch. <laughs> There we go. There you go, old man. He cusses a lot. And he recorded this. And when it came time to do the movie, Willie talked his wife, Connie, into mortgaging in their house to raise a million dollars to do the movie for Redheaded Stranger. I'll be damned. I don't know that either. I'm telling you. Percy comes with Amanda, I will not talk you into doing anything like that. And I just don't. 
But it paid off for Willie, didn't it? It sure did. That to me, that's the greatest concept album ever. Well, made. it's oh, one of the yeah. greatest albums ever. Yeah, it's a great album. So I knew it'd make the list. I didn't want to touch it. I knew Percy would have it. So, Drew, if you steal my number one, yeah, I probably did. Probably. <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. No, you didn't steal all it. All right, Dark Side okay. of the Moon by Pink Floyd. You're all over the floor tonight. That's good. And and again, I may have a little bit of a bias just because I, I, you know, I grew up well, listening that, to Pink Floyd, and this was some of that's the, that's good raising right there. Good job, Kirk. Yeah, thank you, Dad. Um, but Dark Side of the Moon is a great album, and the theme of this one is life. That's what Dark Side of the Moon's about. If it you look really at, is. If you look at the track listed on it, it tells you every phase of life or things in life that you're, that drives you or like money or time. You're always running out of time. Brain damage. Brain damage. That happens with age or mental illness or anything like that. Breathe, the opening track of the album. Yeah. Getting that first fresh air, you know, being born, on the run, always constantly traveling, on the move. Great gig in the sky about dying, going to heaven. Great gig in the sky is a fantastic album. Not even a word I mean, spoken. I mean songs. Not even a just word the, spoken. Just that girl they got to come in and just wailing. Wailing. Yeah, just that's wailing. It's, it's not singing. It's just wailing. But I will. I want to drop some knowledge. Can you do on, that, person? No, but I love that you mentioned wailing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I knew that was. But I'm going to drop some knowledge on here uh, on the podcast. I don't know if uh, a lot of you listeners out there know this, but Dark Side of the Moon was actually toured before it was recorded. Dark Side of the Moon was an experiment by Pink Floyd that during. I did not know that. Yeah, it's really cool. You can find the tapes on YouTube and live performances, and it's actually you know they're kind of trying to work through the the song sequences, and some of the songs are a little different. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did tour this, and that's why it's so good. When you got a year on a live stage to perform this album um, before it's even recorded, it's you go a, in the studio. It's a scrimmage game, man. You just go in there and lay it down. And I think that it's a perfect album. It never gets old, and you can listen to it over and over and over again. And it's made a big cultural impact on music and uh well, it stayed at number one for, like, years. It's yeah. one of the albums that stayed. It may still hold the record. I think Thriller finally beat it. But Dark Side of the Moon stayed at the number one album slot but I think for one of the records years. It held but just stayed on the charts. Yeah. For well, so like number one years. and then the charts. Yeah. Hell, I think it was on the charts. If we smart, it'd still be on the charts right now. I think it was on the charts all the way up until the late 80s. And it yeah. came out in 73, yeah. so that goes to show you how good of a damn album this is. Yeah, so, it absolutely is. The best concept album there is. Well, I'm glad that you've, you've got the Floyd on there a few times. Um, fantastic. Yeah, they do it better than anybody else, in my, kings, in my opinion. They're the kings of the concept album. Kings of the concept. And how can you just pick one of their albums for concepts? That's right. You can't. Mm-mm. I got one. So we had What's Going On. Me and you both at number two. That's right. Well, there's an answer to that concept album. I don't know if you know it, Drew. What's that? Well, it's from Sly and the Family Stone. I don't Sly and the Family Stone. And the album is There's a Riot Going On. So the whole album is based on the response to Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Well, daggum. Yep, and Sly is basically saying... Shit, man, there's a riot going on. 
And that's what it's pretty much about. It's a gut shot to the nation's handling of Vietnam, which uh, was pretty poor, you know. God bless our servicemen and everyone that had to go serve over there and all that. But in reality, wasn't handled the way it could have been handled. Kirk knows that. He's shaking his head. But Sly comes back after Marvin's What's Going On and answered it. Well, hell, there's a riot going on. And that is Sly and the Family Stone's best album. I didn't know it was an answer to that album. I had no idea. Hey, man. I, you I drop, wait, we're we're all dropping the Percy's, knowledge tonight. Percy's making me study a little bit. More. <laughs> That's great. Hey, I think this was a, a great selections. It's going to make a great playlist. An eclectic uh, playlist. Very sure. eclectic. We're going from shit to shit. I mean, it's all <laughs> over the damn place. It's going to be great. Um, I would encourage everybody, when you have time, to listen to the whole albums everyone selected. But then... For fun, hit shuffle. That's it's right. going to be crazy. And I want to thank everybody for listening. And thanks for Drew and Kirk for being here and doing this. This was a lot of fun. And all I got to say is next, wait next week. next week. Thanks, Percy. I get reminded sometimes. So we got Kevin Murdoch and his buddy Nate coming in next week. And we're going to do barroom songs. That, that could be, be sing alongs or songs about bars. And that's going to be a that's going to be a really good podcast and playlist. So, hope you come and join us next week. And all I gotta say is bye bye.